Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It's Wednesday, December 11th. I'm Daniel Salerson, and joining me today is Antonio Daniels, Fox Sports New Orleans analyst for the New Orleans Pelicans. Is a podcast of Daniel and Daniels. We haven't had one of these in a while, Antonio. Um, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably a good thing for your sake. No, no, no. Definitely not a good thing. I enjoy this with you, brother. Okay, so I walked outside today, and I didn't know if that was a stupid thing or I'm, I'm a kind of a brave hero for doing it. It's 15 degrees out. Um, when you've been on the road uh, in the NBA, what's the coldest place you've been to, and how, how cold was it? I, I can't tell you the actual temperature, but it would have probably Minnesota. You know, uh, Minnesota's one of those places where they have skywalks to go everywhere. That, that's how cold it is outside. They don't even want you outside. So, yeah, definitely Minnesota. You're not a cold-weather guy, are you? Because I know I'm not. I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. So that's what I'm accustomed to. I'm, a, I'm accustomed to snow. I'm accustomed to cold and starting your car 20 minutes early to defrost the windows and, and shoveling um, sidewalks, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm used to that. Okay, so I'm just, I'm being a wuss is what you're basically getting at. No, not really, but since I've moved to San Antonio in 1998, 1999, I am no longer a cold guy. Okay, Fair enough. So a lot of staying in these hotels right now, that's for sure. Antonio, when you look at the nine-game losing streak, of course, there are plenty of things that really you can pinpoint as far as what's been going wrong for the Pelicans, injuries, different lineup changes, things like that. But if you could pick out one thing, um, what would that be? And, and I agree with you 100%, Daniel. You know, you can't, when you lose nine games in a row, it doesn't come down to one thing. Injuries are important. Rotations, uh, because of injuries, are important. Um, but for me, it's about the mentality of this team, the way you start games, and also the, the mentality that you come out with after the half. If you look at these last three games that they played, they've been outscored 107 to 56 in the third quarter. That's pretty significant, and you're not playing the bottom feeders of the NBA. You're playing against really good basketball teams. So quite often, it's about your mentality when you're coming out to start the half. To be outscored 107 to 56, that means at halftime, when you're coming onto the floor, your focus is not where it needs to be. That needs to change when you're playing teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, like the Dallas Mavericks, and like the, the Philadelphia 76ers we have coming up in a couple days. You're mentioning defense. I think that's been also the main theme during this nine-game losing streak. When you think about the defense, and there, I think there are a couple things that come to mind, um, but what's the biggest thing as far as why they're not able to get stops on that end of the floor? Well, well I know this is a quiet team by nature, and, and sitting and watching practices, you know, you and I have had this discussion, and, and we've talked about it at length. Communication is important. You know, I don't care what level of basketball that you're playing. Communication is the most important thing because you're going to make errors. You're going to make mistakes defensively, but communication will solve a multitude of mistakes defensively. And if you don't communicate, there's nothing to cover up those mistakes. So, again, we're not playing the, the bottom feeders of the NBA. You're playing really good basketball teams with really good players. You have to be on point with one another and be able to communicate and talk to defensive situations. And right now it's not happening. Does it start with also stopping the ball? I feel like that's been a huge problem for the Pelicans. That puts a lot of pressure on the bigs down the stretch. Well, it, it, a lot of this comes down to the point of contact. When you talk about pick and rolls and you're talking about guys turning the corner and any kind of screening action. Again, if you're talking through it, you can work yourself through it. But if you're just mental telepathy and that sort of thing, you know, to assume that your teammate knows what you're thinking about, that doesn't work. You have to talk through certain situations. And a lot of times in these Pelicans pick-and-roll defensive situations, they're getting broken down at the point of contact. 
what's the longest losing streak you've been a part of in your career? If you'll remember the games, kind of what goes on in the locker room with players as far as how to get out of it? Is it? Well, I've been on really, really good teams, and I, I can remember being on one really bad team. So in my 13-year career, I went to the playoffs 11 of those 13 years. Um, my rookie year was a bad season. Um, I, don't, I don't think we were 17 and 65 or 19 and 63, one of the two. Um, so bad, I don't even remember our record. But, and it's a lot of different things that go through that locker room when you're losing. Um, and, and I think the is to cut out the outside noise, to cut out the white noise, and also realize and understand that you guys control the outcome. You can't continue to listen to everything that's going on on the outside, what people are saying, what people are thinking. And this is the difference. When I went through my losing streak, there was no social media. So you didn't have to hear it from everyone. But honestly, it's not important what everyone thinks about this team. What we think, what the media says, what fans think, that's not important. What's really important is the mentality in that locker room and what they feel about one another and what they had the opportunity to accomplish. When you talk about a quiet team, how much does that affect a losing streak like this when you might not have a guy or if we don't, if they do, we don't know about as far as being that guy that steps up and says, hey guys, we, we got to figure this stuff out. That's tough. That, 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 I think that's the most difficult part here is when you look at this team and you start to think, who could that guy be? Who could that guy be to come in the locker room? And I don't mean this the way it comes out, but to be a jerk, to be a jerk. Because the thing about players is this. They'll always respond to each other's voices better or quickly, more quickly than they'll respond to a coach's voice because they always hear a coach's voice. It's different when you get called out by one of your teammates. When you're not doing your job and one of your teammates comes in and holds you personally responsible or accountable, you feel a little different than the coach saying something. Is that voice on this team? I don't know. I think there are a few guys that it could be. J.J. Redick, you look at his resume and what he's accomplished. Josh Hart, you always get credibility when you're playing hard, regardless as to what the stats may say. If you go out there and you're diving in the stands and taking charges and all these, you, you, you have some sort of credibility there. So um, I think it's different guys there that obviously Drew Holiday with the resume that he has being the longest tenured uh, New Orleans Pelicans player, um, but whether or not these guys can do it or they can just come together and pull out of it themselves. So um, it's easier said than done, and this is not fun. You know, you think you and I, we talk about it quite often, you know, losing nine games in a row is not fun, and if you think it's not fun for you as a fan or you think it's not fun for us as an analyst, think about how you feel about being engulfed in it as a player. And it's not any easier tonight as you face the 21-3 and Milwaukee Bucks, 15-game winning streak, and they are just tearing opponents apart, averaging almost winning by as much as 14 points per game, basically. I thought the Orlando Magic did a pretty good job. I was talking to one of their guys, um, one of their broadcasting crew, and they were talking about how they, they gave it their all and they still lost by nine, but they thought they played a pretty good game. Um, besides the obvious and Giannis Antetokounmpo, what stands out the most about this Milwaukee Bucks team right now? They're very well coached. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, who I was blessed to play under with Greg Popovich uh, while I was in San Antonio, um, has brought that culture, that San Antonio culture, now here to, to Milwaukee. And what really stands out about Milwaukee is something similar, and I said the same thing about the Dallas Mavericks. You can look at their star, and their star is fantastic. 
There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. MVP last year, MVP front runner right now. But look at the pieces around him. The same way we talked about Luka and how great he was, but it was the balance of that Dallas team that really hurts you. And when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then you look at some of the pieces that are around him. You know, you look at the Eric Bledsoe's, the Chris Middleton's, uh, the, Lop- the Lopez brothers, you know, uh, Wes Matthews, a 3 and D guy. They just brought in different guys whose skill set work perfect with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they defend. That's the one thing that, that Bud has brought from San Antonio along with the culture is the way that they defend. So you look at their role players, how well their role players play and accept their roles. George Hill is another one. And also just just their, their overall defensive tenacity uh, as a team. So how do you combat a team like them? Because you can say, oh, you let Giannis do his thing and then let everyone else beat you. But when you have so many good role players on that team and all those guys that are capable of shooting threes, I don't think that really works against a team like Milwaukee. So how do you combat trying to contain Giannis? Because there's no stopping him, but right. hopefully you can try to put a dent on some of his numbers. But how do, you, how do you defensively game plan for a game like this? Well, you know, when you're guarding somebody like Giannis, he's different. And the NBA has never seen someone like this. Um, he's not Luka. He's not James Harden. So he's not going to beat you from distance. I think the most important thing with this team, and it's similar to what you saw them do Philly do against his team last year in the playoffs, or Toronto do against his team last year in the playoffs, excuse me, is build a wall. You build a wall on Giannis Antetokounmpo and basically dare those other guys to beat you. If they beat you, you lose. That, that's, there's, you can't stop everything in this league. You can't stop, stop Giannis you know, from averaging 31 points a game. You know, He's one of the best players in the game right now. But you know what? You may have to rely on Lopez missing some threes and Middleton missing some threes and Bledsoe missing some threes. You understand this team is riding high. They've won 15 games in a row. They're playing extremely well. They have the best record in the NBA right now. And with all that being said, you have to get back, build a wall, and hope that some of these role players that have been fantastic for this team up to this point don't have that night. Before I let you go, we're taping this before we know the status of Derek Favors for tonight's ball game. So we don't know whether he's going to play or not, but we assume that he's going to be back at least in the next couple of games. I know Derek's going through a rough time, but how great will it be just to get Derek back on the court uh, especially with some of the front court depth that you're lacking right now? Well, it would be fantastic in a, in a number of areas. Um, as a guard, you know, he, he, he gives you trust, you know, defensively. Um, I think Jackson has done a fantastic job uh, being thrown in the fire, and the way that he has responded has been amazing. But Derek brings you something different. He's battle-tested, he's experienced, and he gives you that rim protection in different facets. Also, he's a great rebounder. You think about the last time we saw Derek Favors before he was injured in Miami, he gave you a 20-20 game. So he was starting to find his stride, he was starting to find his his rhythm, and then his back, you know, his back spasms, and then obviously the unfortunate incident with his family. But um, it'll be fantastic just to have him back out there. Just that veteran leadership, that veteran voice, and that veteran presence was automatically instills trust back into this this team. All right, Antonio, I appreciate it. We uh, look forward to your call tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans, and um, stay warm out there. I know it's going to be a little chilly today. You think? <laughs> I know. <laughs> appreciate it, Antonio. All right, Pelicans and Bucks tonight, 8.30 p.m. Central late tip. It's part of an ESPN doubleheader, but, of course, we encourage you to watch on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale. Of course, you can listen 
on the radio ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Todd Graffinini and myself will have the call with pregame starting at 8 o'clock. Of course, the Pelicans podcast is presented by Seeky. Friday's guest, former Pelicans point guard, he had a brief stint. Jameer Nelson joins the program, so we'll talk about what he's up to these days. And also uh, J.J. Redick, who was his teammate back in Orlando. For Antonio and for Caroline Gonzalez, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.